right, welcome back to another episode of Cult of Personality. My name's Luke. I'm joined today by... Matthew. Who is now sick. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go over in the studio. I've heard that lots of people are sick now. People are coughing on everything. He's got a cough. He's coughing on me. He's coughing on the equipment, but show must go on. All right, we have ourselves to think about we can't think about other people all the time it's tiring yeah um and getting to the heart of the matter uh let let us know which intro you like better because uh my intro has been vetoed i i kind of worked hard on it i really thought about it and it was i felt it was really appropriate for the show and then i come back after missing one episode Mm -hmm. and luke and whoever was on mm-hmm. before this they they changed the intro well no and it's just it's just kind of disrespectful because you know it's cool but you can just discuss it with me because now you have a film projection thing like who doesn't know like you know what, it's just kind of it's that? just kind of cool it okay and mine wasn't cool then well i don't know we aren't just doing horror all the time it's not that doesn't mean we're doing horror all the time. Well, it's kind of like a horror theme. Look, it wasn't even my call really. It was just an idea from a from a listener to do the film thing and I was And like, you, and of course the listener matters opinion matters more than my opinion as the co-host. Yeah, we're doing it for the listeners. Okay. So, so today we're talking uh Atomic Cafe. Atomic Cafe. This is a 1982 documentary produced and directed by Jane Loader, Kevin Rafferty, Pierce Rafferty. If you haven't heard those names before, it's because I think this is the biggest thing they've done. Yeah, I've never heard of them before. Basically, it's a documentary with no like new narration. Everything about this film is just archive footage and things that have been mis- mixed around from before. So there's no like original material, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And, of course, this is a sort of black, humor-tinted uh, documentary look at the atomic age and American life uh, in the atomic age. And the, the Cold War. And the age of the bomb, yeah. Yeah. So you get a lot of stuff from the 40s, 50s, and early 60s as well. Uh, and it was put into the National Film Registry some four years ago. Oh, really? It was, which huh. is, you know... You, you know, some people say they put any movie in there, but you know what? I say that the film registry, you watch all the movies on there, you're going to be a well, you're going to be a cinema expert. Yeah, but that's the same thing as like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where, I mean, they have to keep putting people in, in. in it. So eventually they're going to have to start scraping, you know, the bottom of the barrel. Although this movie is not at the bottom of the barrel, I'd say. It's not. No. Well, and it, well, the thing with the rock and roll, I don't even know about the rock and roll. I don't know. They probably have, like, Beyonce in there or something. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, but the film registry, that's the Library of Congress. Yeah. Right? And as we know, the American government is very trustworthy. And yeah. Just, I, they know what they're doing. They do. They handle everything really well. They're very c- competent. Yep. They're very compassionate. Mm-hmm. Just ask all the people in Tuskegee. Yeah. Ask them how they're doing. And, you know, they're going to... We're having a good time. Great time. 
You know, it just sometimes we get sick, but hey, that's that's life. That's life, baby. That's life. <laughs> you know, you just it happens. Now, a topic cafe is a bit of a cult pick. Why? Well, I don't really actually know what qual what makes a cult movie cult movie besides the fact that uh, people love it and it's not a huge hit. Yeah, it's really arbitrary. It is, uh, you know, let's just get down to the matter here, guys. Uh, this whole show doesn't make sense because, you know, <laughs> we're just picking random movies that we, we want to watch. So, yeah. all right, if we're just being totally honest, there isn't a lot to this, okay? Yeah. We're just talking about <laughs> these movies that we've watched. So, it's whatever, okay, let's just step past that. And let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting experiment. Uh, surprisingly, I haven't seen a... I think a documentary that is all archive footage it is usually the standard documentary is some footage and some voice of God narration. What was the uh, one that came out recently and it was all colored footage from World War Two? World War Two in color. Oh, okay. (laughs) Did you see that one? No. Is that the one that's always on Netflix? I don't know. No, I haven't seen that one, but I, I guess that's the same thing. I don't I don't know. Um. I w- I thought you were gonna say um, what was the Mister Rogers documentary? Won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm. No, but that's that's different. Uh, and I and, and and as we both confess, we don't have a ton of experience with documentaries. Of course, we we have a contemporary North American education, so we all know Michael Moore. Yeah, like the fat guy that made those movies. The liber- the liberal fat guy. Yeah. That, uh, for some reason, liberals don't like as well. Didn't he work with Peta? I don't know. Because that's not a good look. (laughs) For, like, what was the movie about the food industry? Food Inc.? Was that him? I think he worked with PETA on that one. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, PETA would have a stake in this. Okay, Food Inc. actually is not uh, Michael Moore. Although he, he did a movie called Sicko that I know we saw in school, and that doesn't touch on food, but it's... It, well, it kind of touches on food. Uh, what has he done? He's done Columbine, uh, War on Terror. He did that one about Blumpf recently. Was yeah. that 9-11 or 11-9 or something? Fahrenheit 11-9. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, was, uh, that was also not a good look for him because he reunited with Weinstein to direct that film. <laughs> uh, Harvey Weinstein, the known... A criminal and sex offender and rapist and allegedly yeah well we'll yeah (laughs) allegedly i don't i have no i i have no stake in the matter i'm not saying if he did or if he didn't but if he did uh he's a son of a bitch and he's and he's gonna get what's coming to him and if he didn't then what i don't know you don't know no but if he did uh, I can't wait until he's locked into prison <laughs> and the world doesn't ever have to see him again. <laughs> and I can't wait until we can soil the earth with his ashes and be done with his kind. But if he didn't, I mean, hey, there we go. Hey, it's, you know, pro- due process. Yeah. Everybody gets one yeah. or a couple. So Michael Moore. No, Michael Moore's documentaries are very different. For this. Usually it's Michael Moore and he's going like, hey, uh, what? <laughs> what's with that Iraq war? And then some guy will go, I don't know. And then Michael Moore will be like, it's crazy. I don't know what to say. Um, this is, yeah, no narration. Uh, I guess that's the big 
gimmick is the thing. Sure. Not a I did not to say this is a gimmicky film, but that is the, the thing that makes us stand out. Yeah, that's the big conceit or something, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say overall, it's successful. There's I I'll and I'll touch on this. Well, we'll touch on it whenever. But um, this was a different movie than I expected it to be. I had no idea what it was going to be. I didn't look it up or anything. You just suggested that we watch it. And I was like, sure, we'll watch the movie. I had no idea about it at all until I came into the studio and I mentioned it. And one of the managers was like, oh, is that that movie that's made only with archive footage? And I was like, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. If it is, that's really cool. Like, I went to see it. No, I was attracted to this film because, you know what, we went to Toronto yeah. and we went to a great record video store called Sonic Boom. Check it out if you're in Toronto. And I saw the Blu-ray for this on display. It's probably still there. Maybe. On display. Um, and I'd heard of this movie in passing before and like uh, documentaries you should watch. Uh, and, I'm ca- and I'm a big fan of like Atomic Age stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like 50s Atomic Age fiction. And stuff, and this is not fiction to no. any degree, but it it very much is is it's a sort of satirical look at uh, the atomic age uh, in a realistic sense. So we watched this, and my assumption when we were watching this film is that I thought this movie was going to be more. Well, I, first of all, I didn't know it was all archive footage, mm-hmm. so for I assumed there was going to be like almost like a laugh out loud picture. Okay. The other thing is I thought this movie was going to touch very heavily on the role of the atomic bomb and atomic uh, power and nuclear stuff mm-hmm. uh, on popular culture okay. in the United States, which this does barely does. To there's, a like, certain there's like one little thing where like it shows like the atomic cafe and they're having like atomic drinks and whatnot. Yeah. But other than that, no. For, like I thought we were it was going to touch on... Like, I was sure that we were going to get a clip of Godzilla or something. Yeah, yeah. I was sure we were going to get, like, a look at, you know, something, something, some exploitation film like Ed Wood's Bride of the Atom yeah. or something like yeah. that. Because that was what I was kind of interested in is is that effect on pop culture. Because, I mean, I love the at- Atomic Age stuff and the, the retro future aesthetic is so great. Yeah. Um, but it's not. This is very much just, like, a candid look at... The role of the nuclear age in the average American citizen, uh, as well as the role it played in the military and stuff like that, and operations and stuff like that. It's yeah. more. There's a more direct film than I expected. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so on that front, I was a little disappointed, but that's just sort of me being a victim of my own expectations. That's not, that's not the movie's fault, really. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite documentary ever, but the thing with this film is that I found every moment of to be of it to be enjoyable, and I think it's a very cohesively made film, especially when you consider that the just amount of uh, raw material they used to scrounge up this film, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. When you're watching it, you can't really you can't say like, oh. We- what performance was good or anything because there, there are that. none it's real people and you can't really critique cinematography either because it's archived yeah. army footage and stuff like that i so mean you can criticize you can criticize the choice of yeah, archived footage yeah. to a certain degree and i mean the big thing and i said this yesterday to you was 
the big thing is that this is like a big editing project. Yeah, basically. see, what you can really look at is editing. Um, one thing for me is that the uh, the that's so loud. This napkin. <laughs> yeah, is it actually. Yeah, it's really loud. <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time for this show. All right. <laughs> okay, just give me a second. Um, what was I saying? Oh, and it was all archive footage, and a lot of it is super old, so the quality of the film is really spotty. Like, some of it's really dirty, and some of it is, like, sunburned. So, or I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but some of the film's, like, bluish or reddish that they use. This is, like, the cut of Night of the Living Dead that we saw. The first cut we saw yeah. that was on YouTube. Yeah. And, like, the white, anytime there was a white like shirt on screen it, it, was, it was glowing it was glowing and it was hard to look at yeah i guess that's just effective film but yeah this is what you get a lot of here but i haven't seen many documentaries so to me this is probably the best documentary that i've seen yeah but take that with a grain of salt because i don't i don't watch a whole lot of like biopics or documentaries or anything like that um so i really really enjoyed this uh, i would definitely give it a watch I can't think of an audience that wouldn't like it. I guess if you don't like documentaries, don't watch this. But I don't think if you're if you're not a fan of history, I don't think you'll like this. Really? Because like the it has like enough of the enough of the sort of funny splicing moments in in terms of the editing that would entertain just anybody. Mm -hmm. But if you don't actually like are if you're not somewhat familiar with like military operations like like to a very like like to a very like expansive degree as in like you don't know anything about it mm -hmm. if you didn't have like if you didn't take any history courses in college and you hate history or something i don't think you'll like this because you're not gonna say haha it's nixon yeah haha uh ducking covers just stuff like that i don't think you'll enjoy it as much that's fair uh i also think and we'll get into spoilers after after this, but if you are someone who is a little squeamish, this movie isn't for you because there are quite a few graphic cuts in this movie. Oh, yeah. And if you're not a fan of black comedy or of dark comedy or whatever. Yes. Then you, then you won't. Uh, you might not. The parts that are humorous might just go over your head, but all in all, it's a good movie. I would definitely recommend it. It's funny that the way the the humor is framed, though, because they'll just show you a clip of a U.S. U.S. Army training, like video mm -hmm. that they actually made sincerely, yes, that they thought would be useful, yeah. And then the whole joke is just watch how stupid this is, yeah. But it still works really well because because you think of it and like how futile all the all these efforts are. It's funny, mm -hmm. so. But that's that's such an interesting way for me to use, like this. Like, of course, there's like sometimes they'll splice audio over video, or they'll do edit like a for example the duck and cover ad mm -hmm. to be funny. But this, some of them is just they just play a clip and it's funny in just how uh, like juvenile it, the reaction to like the nuclear age was. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was like, Billy, jump on the ground and you'll be safe from the atomic bomb. Yeah, I guess we can get into, like, spoilers now and whatnot. Uh, although it's all real things, so we're not really spoiling anything. But anyways, we'll just get into that now. Uh, one thing that was really funny to me is they showed this animation of this fist 
just smashing American <laughs> iconography, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> smashes the, they blow up the Eiffel Tower, smashes the church. Don't do it! Not the Eiffel Tower. Smashes the school. The uh, the uh, Statue of Liberty. No. This is you know what this movie is about the atomic age, but it's also like an indictment of like just communist attitudes in that area in that era, where. It was just like, I hate communists because the government told me to. Yeah, I don't think anyone in that film knew what the heck communism is or was. Like, the best U.S. Army training clip that they play, and it's so funny, is that it was. it's like the soldier, like, yeah, me and my boys were walking downtown and we found one of those uh, communist sympathizers. And it's just a woman speaking rationally. <laughs> About uh, <laughs> our prejudice there, she's like, you know, we shouldn't just condemn these people for these beliefs. And Billy and his and his sailor buddies come up and they're like, hey, why don't you take a hike, lady? He's like, if it's so great, why don't you move to Russia, huh? And I was like, <laughs> and it was so funny. Like, they actually made this and troops watched this and they went, huh? Fuck that lady, you know? <laughs> Fuck that lady. She's just another co- damn commie. She's a commie sympathizer. And I mean, the Rosenbergs uh, are touched on. Then there's the, the famous spies. For uh, those who don't know, maybe just say what uh, what that was. For those who don't know, Ju- Julian. Is it Julian? I, f- I forget. Julian and, with Eth- names. and Ethel Rosenberg were uh, Russian spies in the States, and they're probably the biggest. They're probably probably the most famous spies, I want to say, in history. Yeah. In the sense that they were captured and prosecuted and then sentenced to death. And it was a very big public affair because people were paranoid at that time, you know. And then, oh, look, there's actually Russian spies infiltrating our great American culture. Yeah. So that was kind of a big deal. And people were campaigning to let them go. Some people were saying, kill them. Kill them all, I say. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's funny just all all the and – and, and part of the point is that – the U.S. was able to enforce its nuclear authority by telling the citizens, those communists are bad guys, and, you know, we better get the bombs out before they do, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I was just like, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't want to be a communist, I guess, if that's if, if it's so bad. So, I don't know. It's just funny that the U.S. I mean, the, the villain of this movie is the U.S. government. Yeah, and what's fun, what really makes it so great is this there's this little snippet and i forget what the clip was but it was just another u.s propaganda thing and it was saying like in russia they just force feed their citizens propaganda about how uh great (laughs) communism is yeah and then this whole movie is just propaganda of americans being like kill the enemy enemy yeah there's a scene where there's just a bomb's dropping on this map and all it says is enemy. <laughs> and then it just shows, yeah, it just shows some nuclear explosions and you're like, good. I hate enemy. Get those enemies, bro. Get them. Get them. It like, <laughs> that, that part is so great. Um, this movie pairs very nicely with the night of the living dead. I, I That's <laughs> what I thought when I was watching it, just because of how inept the government is. In this. in this movie, it's just so funny. Um, especially, we're just talking. They don't touch on this in the movie, really. But uh, you, I, I was saying, like, did I what did I ask you? I was asking, like, did America or Russia actually have 
any sort of conflict. And then you just told me that uh, America put bombs in Turkey. Yes. And then and Russia the, put bombs in. Or tried to. Or tried to put them in Cuba. And then America's like, whoa, what are you doing? What do you think? Get out of here. What do you think you're doing? Are you trying, trying to start, start a, a war? war? Like, well, well, <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, whoa, get out of here. Bay of Pigs, Cuban Missile Crisis, all that crap. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. And it's so funny because the the <laughs> this documentary shows in so many ways, like, at every corner, how deceitful the U.S. got. Like, even in just basic things, when Harry Truman is giving his speech about the bomb, mm-hmm. it, even just the fact that he's alluding, like, God gave us this. Yeah, he doesn't allude it. He says it. He, like, basically says, like, straight up, like, a God gave us this bomb, and we're going to use it in God's name. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you guys are just fucking jokers, man. Is this for real? And and the, so the movie starts off with America dropping what, Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah. Yeah, it starts with them dropping bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And what I didn't know, and I learned when watching this, is they were going to continue to bomb them until they got the message. There was four or five targets, I think they said. And I looked it up afterwards, like, why did they choose Hiroshima? And they had two, like, objectives in mind. Is it they they wanted them to see it? So they chose a populated area, yeah, and they also wanted it to be a military target as well. And it's just, you think about it like that's just so fucking crazy. <laughs> they just dropped a bomb that killed two hundred thousand people, and they're like, "So you want to keep having a war, or do you want to stop?" And then they dropped another, and they're like, "Is that enough? Is that enough, or do you want? We can keep doing this. Are you good?" Well, no, please have another. And like, I, it's just, it's insane. And then you get these cuts of like the people who were dropping the bombs, they didn't actually know what they were doing. You know, and that's a, such a big theme in this movie is that n- people in the nuclear edge had no fucking idea what they were doing. Yeah. They had no <laughs> fucking clue. They built this bomb, they dropped it, and they're like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, like, the panic in all the videos that they show... Just the fact that the atomic bomb weighs on the average American citizen's conscious every day. Yeah. That's so, that's incredible to me. They're really dealing with forces that they know have no idea to handle because they get their bomb and they're high and dandy. And then as soon as somebody else has their, has the bomb to keep them in check, it's full panic mode. Yeah. They just have no idea what to do. It's, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the beginning starts with the a clip of, well, it starts with all these Japanese citizens walking around, yada, yada, yada. Then it cuts to a, bo- a plane dropping the bomb. And this guy is talking over the footage. I forget who it was. But he was like, yeah, so I was in command of this. And nobody actually knew what we were doing on this mission until we were over Japan and or over Hiroshima. And then I was like, okay, we're going to drop this bomb. And then they were like, okay. And they dropped it. And then <laughs> it was an atomic bomb. And they just have, like it's it's so, and I I understand the nature of the decision, which is you know this is a top secret operation, and we need to. I mean, it's a it like the bomb as an action was used in a in a sense to save lives, but it's just funny yeah. that America went so crazy over it, and they were just toying with forces that they had no idea how to handle. Yeah. 
And and how it started is that Einstein wrote to Truman that Germany was working on a bomb. And they're like, well, we can't have that. So then they put together the Manhattan Project. Yeah, you know what's odd is that, and we were talking about earlier, there's like a, cl- there's like a picture of Einstein, there's like a two-second clip of Einstein in this. Yeah. They don't mention Oppenheimer. They just show him for like one second with Einstein. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I don't know. I suppose they didn't do a lot of testimony after because it was top secret, but the, I don't even think they the words Oppenheimer are said. Nope. Not once. And they don't touch much on like the the actual process of the bomb and the research, which is fine. There's some other there's there's already a lot of good material covering the Manhattan Project, but and I d- well I don't think that's what this movie was really going for. Yeah, I think yeah it was, that was, it was basically just poo pooing the American government. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it, and maybe I'll get your take, but w- were the scientists involved in the Manhattan Project responsible in any way? For what? For Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Like, do you think that they should, like, they, do you think they should have felt bad about that? Like, that should have been on their conscience? Yeah, it's a it's a complicated thing, but uh, th- they weren't forced against their will. No. So, it's that simple to me. Because to me, I don't think that that they should be okay and it's just because they're just doing what their profession is to be doing like they want it to be like they want to understand and be able to control nuclear fission because that's yeah the first the the atomic bomb was through nuclear fission and as i was just thinking like should the scientists who invented combustion or who discovered how to harness combustion to use in cars should they be if they were alive should they be guilty about global warming for example that's different because that is i guess that's a product when you're the manhattan project and the u.s government has enlisted you to make a bomb i know there's just yeah like you can say no and then you don't have any part in whoever this kills or you can say yes yeah it's and that's why Einstein wasn't a part of it because he was a pacifist. I did actually not know that, which is weird because he's so heavily associated with the project. He well, he did research on like nuclear fission and whatnot, but yeah, he was not a part of it at all. Okay, no, I didn't know that, but it's, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the fact that all <laughs> that whatever you get quotes about the Manhattan Project from Einstein or Oppenheimer, they have regret. I think that just says that's true. And one of my favorite clips, if you look it up, I, you've probably seen it before. I'm talking to the audience is this clip of Oppenheimer talking about the atomic bomb. Yeah. And he says something like a few of us laughed, a few of us cried. And then he talks about how he became like, he's like, I am death. Yeah. That, that that's probably one of my favorite interview clips. I think he was also like severely depressed after that. But anyways, going back to the movie, um, there's, there's a few, clips that really just lampoon the u.s government and one of them is and we were laughing about this is they show these exercises of what so basically they got a bunch of pigs 
and they put them in holes or in cages and then they draw bombs near the pigs and they're like hmm let's see if what happens if you drop a nuke near a pig oh oh it dies oh, okay all right no let's write that down all right bring out the next pig let's see what happens next if we, shipment if we draw and then it cuts to like these clips of these pigs with their intestines out and they're all bloodied they're having a bad time and then they're like all right next test bring the pigs out put, and them, and put them in the trenches and it's funny later they get soldiers to wear these tags yeah to measure radiation and they're just like looking at the bomb super close and they're like yeah okay and then they just start walking toward it and like you you motherfuckers are dead okay <laughs> like what 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 were they testing for like why not just have those radiation strips on the ground See the thing, they just don't. They didn't know anything. Yeah, they just. Like, well, what do we do? What happens if we do this? There's this clip in this this general or whatever is saying, okay, there's three parts of an atomic bomb. There's heat, uh, blast, and radiation. And this was probably one of my favorite parts. He's like, and radiation is the one you don't really have to worry about. <laughs> Not so, a big deal. <laughs> and it's just uh, like no, nope. <laughs> And I brought this up while we were watching it, but if you didn't know, there was this movie with John Wayne. It was his last movie. The Conqueror. Yeah, that they shot on some place in Nevada, which was a bomb. I don't know if it was a hydrogen bomb or atomic bomb testing site. Uh, a year before they started shooting. And basically almost everyone in the crew died of cancer. Yes, and that's a hotly contested thing because some people say, oh, obviously they just got cancer from fallout. and But some people say, oh, well, actually that's just a normal amount of people dying of cancer. Yep. But uh, they, out of like the 200 crew, like half of them died of cancer within the next few years. It's a bit suspicious. <laughs> to say, it's a suspicious to say the least. Yeah, like Dr. Manhattan was saying, you know, with the crew yeah, while they were filming. And he was, you know, he was getting... he. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, Jesus. I don't know. And, I mean, the fact that they were detonating these things in population, close to population centers is horrifying. Yeah, there's there's another <laughs> clip where they were doing a test or something, and then they said on the radio, oh, ac- actually, the meteorologist said that the wind is going to be blowing the nuclear fallout into the city. So stay inside for about an hour. Don't worry about it, though. Don't worry about it, though. All it's right. going to be okay. It's routine procedure. Oh, yeah. what did they, they were like, it's routine nuclear fallout. Yeah. Normal procedure. Just carry on. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, I forgot about our daily quotia of nuclear fallout. It's just routine, right? Yeah, you know, a, l- a little never hurt anybody, like, I would say. They went, uh, when you go out and buy a calendar, it says, like, you know, MLK Day, and then a week later, it's nuclear fallout day. <laughs> it's, just, it's just routine. <laughs> this routine nuclear fallout. A little radiation to put uh, some hair on your chest at the end but of the it's day. quite a bit on your. It takes quite a bit off your chest, actually. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it removes all the hair on your body and uh, causes various cancers too. I think one of the most uh, impactful moments in this movie, and I don't know why this has nothing to do. With it. it reminded me of a part in Night of the Living Dead uh, that was impactful too. Is near the beginning. They just cut basically at a dead silence and they show all of these Japanese people and all their various damages by radiation. 
Like it just shows this kid and he's lying on his back and then his back is all bloodied and scarred. And then it shows the damage of Hiroshima, like all these buildings knocked down and then you see this little girl's doll or whatever on the ground. Yeah. And it's just silent for a while. That was probably the most impactful part of the, the movie for me. Yeah, they did, they touch very briefly on the effects on Japanese culture on well on Japan of the people who were close to it because I guess mostly this is a film focused on the American side. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it does a pretty good job of guilting people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I would say so. Anything? Anything you wanna no. touch on? No, it. And the thing I so I really like this. So I, well, I like the documentary, and like I said, I was just a little disappointed because I was expecting, for example, when they play the duck and cover clip, that it was going to be a lot of that, like the effects on popular culture and fiction and stuff like that. And so I was I was a bit led astray. Other than that, I think it's a very solid piece of document documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well edited. Uh, I don't think there's a point where I was like, this is really boring. But this stuff is sort of stuff that's fascinated me. I can imagine that there would be people who are not as amused by this film. The humor is very subtle, not in the sense that it's like you, you have to, you have to be smart to pick it up, mm-hmm. but in the sense that it's like you're not gonna be crying laughing unless unless you really. Well, you might be crying, laughing at some of the stupid things in this that people did sincerely, mm-hmm. but they don't frame it as like a ha ha hilarious atomic age romp. Right. Yeah. Uh, what was what? Like, there's this part where they just show all of these people, and they're just like at a picnic. They're walking down the street, and then they see a flash of light, and then they duck and cover. And they put like their jackets over their head, and I gotta tell you, American public, I, g- bros, broskies, let me level with you here. Let me level with you. If there's an atomic bomb going off near you, I don't know if you've seen uh, Wolverine or whatever that movie was. <laughs> that jacket isn't protecting you at all. That's uh, not doing shit. And I know that, like, obviously they have to tell the American public to do something. Like they can't just be like, if a bomb goes off, you're done. Yeah. But that jacket and you ducking under your desk, all right, you're done. You are fried. That's funny. That's a, like, I feel like if you ask, I don't know, I guess people who were kids in that age would be some f- 60 to f- 50 now. Yeah. So a lot of your, so a lot of people's parents and stuff, they know about that. I remember teachers used to tell me about air raid sirens and yeah, stuff like that. It's funny though, that, uh, that's just dissipated completely. We're like the average kid sees the atom bomb as a piece of science fiction nowadays, or anybody yeah. really. Like nobody, no, nobody has ever been instructed. Like, like if an atom bomb drops, I don't know what to do. No, I don't know what to do. Go to your basement. That's it. That's all you got. Like no, no. There's no formal training about that. Obviously, because the threat of nuclear destruction is not as big in l- l- recent years as it was during the cold war mm-hmm. but that's just that's what's interesting is that this was such a shift out of nowhere when we get the bomb and it's like okay now the bomb is on everybody's minds because this is like catastrophic damage that can be caused mm-hmm. with i don't know just a few tons of uranium or whatever yeah and so it's a very very interesting portrait into 
just this time of fear and paranoia uh, and a time where science was really uh, really starting to hit the mainstream in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, this is just my bet. I don't think there will probably ever be another atomic bomb drop or Ooh, nuclear bomb. Uh, yeah. Let's bet $5 on that. Sure. Yeah, uh, make it 20. Because people actually understand more now about the effects of nuclear bombs. And the bombs that we have now, if they're dropped, they'll just, f- they'll just fucking blast everything away. They got like Death Star bombs now. And <laughs> like if we dr- if people actually if there's actually a nuclear war, the world would be uninhabitable. It would like there's just no winners there. But basically, all they are now are just a deterrent of we have these. Hey, don't use yours. And you're like, hey, okay, sounds good, buddy. It's because you know, yeah, like one hits and it's, uh, somebody else retaliates. It's it's over. Yeah, we're done. Yep, that's it. So it's really silly. It's silly, but it's uh, it makes sense. I mean, you know what? It's better that everybody have bombs and nobody use them than bombs being used if that makes sense yeah and i think in a few maybe in like 20 or 30 years hopefully when the problem is resolved we'll get a documentary of this style showing the ineptitude of let's say america and school shootings well i guess public shootings i guess that's kind of what bowling for columbine is like i don't know i haven't seen it and i know it's a big deal the problem for me with bowling for Columbine and like stuff Michael Moore does is it always seems so self congratulatory. Uh you know what, that's fair. I mean he's this And he's like, why is he on the fucking cover of the movie? You know what? I well for this for this first movie, I don't know. I guess because he's you know, he writes, directs it and everything and narrates it and produces it. So it's like his his pad project. Obviously for later on, um you know, he's just a big deal, so it's just like putting it's like putting Ariana Grande on the cover her, on her album covers. It's like people like to see that. I don't know. And just like how he acts in his movies, I always got a self congratulatory vibe from him. I I people say that and that's why they hate uh Michael Moore. I think it's whatever. He's he he, he maybe he does come off as kind of smarmy or whatever but i don't really care as long as whatever he's presenting is done intelligently and and well it's like i don't really i don't really give a damn about him because i don't know him this should just be a character Mm -hmm. for all i care and there was another good clip of these american guys and they go to hawaii to see these (laughs) natives and they're just like hey do you mind if we bomb this island that you guys are living on and they're like we don't know what that is and they're like all right cool and they're yeah and <laughs> and the narrator like just leads into it so nicely he's like yeah the the natives know just about as much about nuclear power as we do and i'm like no i think you guys know quite a bit more uh <laughs> than these these natives on this island and then but honestly, sh- he was kind of right. Like, they, these guys know nothing. They're just blowing up bombs and seeing <laughs> what's happening. I mean, that part's true, yeah. Um, but then the natives agree to it because the king or whatever is like, yeah, sure, you can bomb our island. We love you guys. And then one of the guys says, all right, well, 
uh, everything's in God's hands now, and anything <laughs> in God's hands is good. It's out of our hands, so we will take any responsibility for All this. Right. So right, thanks, guys. Like, that's classic. <laughs> and I then it know. just shows to them blowing up the whole island with one bomb. I gotta say, the nuclear bomb, every man, woman, and child should experience that firsthand. <laughs> the nuclear ex- detonation. Yeah, and that's what one of the the pilots says. He's like, when I saw that thing explode, it, it was the the biggest rush I've had in my life. He was like in a trance when he was doing that interview. He looked like he was high <laughs> off the radiation. There's no one man. That's like the perfect example. No one man should have all that power. And there was one great little clip of like anti-capitalism where this guy is talking about radiation or n- bombs. I guess this was like a TV special or something. And then he's like, and we would just like to thank the two malls. Uh, <laughs> that was so odd. Uh, that was so odd and that was so funny. He just starts shilling these two malls. And he's like, you know who wouldn't, you know, be partial to the California tri state areas like uptown malls is the the damn commies. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't even know if this is a joke or not. Obviously it wasn't because uh people in fifties in the America would trip in. <laughs> they were tripping, bro. Okay, so uh, I don't know. People are like, no, my malls, those damn commies want to take it away. No. And then it cuts to like more propaganda of like this newspaper journalist and these commies coming and like take them away to prison for being a newspaper it's journalist. Like, look, look, it's the police chief. He's being taken to prison. Why? For doing his job and enforcing good American ideal. Ah, the editor is uh, taken to prison swiftly, and his papers are taken away. It's like these people had no fucking clue what communism is. I'd love to see a version of this film, and I'm sure there's some something like this exists, but just from the Russian perspective, probably. If for because I want to know what it was. I wonder if the Russian people were also this paranoid about the bombs. Yeah, maybe. Arguably more so because the U.S. has actually dropped bombs, so they knew that like this was you know they were fucking around yeah that would be really interesting (coughs) uh another there's this one segment where it shows nixon at a meeting with i don't know was that the president of russia that he was talking with he was talking to nikita khrushchev okay uh, who was did he replace stalin yes okay so Stalin died, I don't know, like 51 or something like that, or 53. He just died of, like, a, a sickness, right? Yeah, like, he just he just died of natural causes. Okay. Uh, so Khrushchev took over, and then... <laughs> I don't even know where that was. I have no idea I don't idea know what either. setting it is. Like, they're having a guy translate, and they're having, like, some semi-friendly banter. Yeah. And it's like they're kind of play arguing that it's so it's so weird to see it's like are you guys really joking around right now about uh, about atomic bombs that's kind of that's cool it's weird i don't know and nixon what did he say he's like we know more about atomic bombs than you do or something and then the guy was like you guys don't know anything you don't even know what communism is <laughs> and then like nixon like looks and he's like shit the look right. nixon gets is like uh, what? <laughs> I know what it is. It's like a five-year-old being like, "Yeah, I know what communism is." And he was straight, straight up right. He's like, "You guys have no fucking idea what we're what we're doing. You don't know what communism is. You guys are jokers." Next, like, what? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no way, bro. What? That part was so good. Nixon, Nixon is probably the biggest political figure in this, which is odd. Like you think it'd be Eisenhower, you think it'd be Truman. No. Do, do they even show Eisenhower? They do. He has uh, after he's elected. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Show yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. of him talking, but you get a lot of Nixon in this because he was vice president, I guess, for a big portion of the atomic age. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of there's no Roosevelt in it. There's no, I don't even know who. There's we a, we have Truman at the beginning. Truman at the beginning. You see Lyndon B. Johnson when he was senator of Texas. Yep. Uh, and stuff like that. So some of that political stuff was interesting too. Yeah, and then like we said at the end, you just see just a picture of Einstein and Oppenheimer, and that's yeah. it, which was odd. But was again, I don't think that they the movie was really looking to criticize them. It's very. It's s- some people say it's a mockumentary, which not in the traditional sense of the mockumentary, as in uh, like The Office is obviously yeah. mockumentary or style. that Beatles one. Which Beatles one? I think the Beatles one was like the first mockumentary. There's like one where it's like in the style of The Office or Trailer Park Boys or whatever. Oh. Yeah. And I think it was the first one, but I could be wrong. That one is like just taking, that's just like comedy documentary. This is like, I mean, this is all straight phase, but it's it's a a cynical look at it. The only thing that was odd is the ending where they frame it as if America was actually bombed. Did you did you think that was odd? I didn't think it was odd, and I think the reason they did that was because uh, the po- I think the point of that was that that was the punctuation to the film, and that's the punctuation to most uh, what uh, most Americans thought would be their lives is that they were like, well, the bombs are coming someday. Yeah. So to me, it made sense that they ended it with with like the simulated through editing um, look at atomic destruction. I don't think that I actually think it's a great way to end the film because uh, while the film is humorous, it actually makes you think of the consequences of the atomic age mm-hmm. at the time. And you have to think of the horror and stuff like that. And it's this came out after Dr. Strangelove, but it kind of it's like Dr. I was going to say it would pair nicely with that movie as well. Yeah. So it's, you know, when you're uh, when you know what, when you do when you do cynical nuclear satire, yeah, I guess you just have to end with everybody dying. Because that's is that what you think happens at the end of Doctor Strangelove? Yeah, that's what. What do you mean? What do you mean? I think that's what happens. Well, I think some people just think that it's just a montage at the end. No, my takeaway from that is that that is uh, what e- it, like everyone getting bombed. Yeah, and what while I, it plays like we'll meet again over top of it. Yeah, yeah. So I, no, I don't see it as I don't see it that way. It's it's just meant to cement because. It's easy to laugh about it, but you have to think of the gravitas of that. And when this movie ends, you do think about, wow, total nuclear annihilation and everybody dying uh, because of the decisions of a few men or because of political squabbles. And I don't know. And they don't even know what the fuck communism is. They didn't even know what the fuck they're fighting. It's just crazy. It's the same thing with like Vietnam. Yeah. they. There's a little bit of Vietnam in this movie, right? No, they show uh, Korea. They show Korea, yeah. And, and then they got fucked in Korea because they just stopped getting involved in shit that is, <laughs> like, you don't know what the fuck you're fighting for. Can you imagine if in 2020 the U.S., like, invaded, <laughs> like, I don't even know. They invade, like, China and they're like, we can't let these communists spread. People would be like, 
what <laughs> bro uh take a step back <laughs> yeah they got and they i don't know like i love anything any film that has to do with basically the cold war or vietnam yes i do i i think we're both fans of combat films yeah uh, you know, just the other day I was watching Tropic Thunder, the best <laughs> combat film ever made. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're both partial to that. So of course this is up our alley. Speaking of up your alley, well, how many bags would you say you would give this? I have this issue where I can't like, I can't give it 10, but I don't know why. Okay. Like I feel I feel like, I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know if I could, how many times I could watch this movie again, and to me, like, giving a movie 10 bags, I have to be able to watch it pretty much for the rest of my life. Okay. So, I'm going to give it 9, because this is probably the best documentary that I've seen out of a very <laughs> limited amount, uh, but I really enjoyed it, all of the dark comedy hit for me but that's just because i really love dark comedy and cynicism yeah uh and i just think the united states is has just a history of being fucking inept like oh uh, yeah let's bomb let's do a bomb on our tests on our soldiers see what happens oh they oh they got radiation okay what happens if we give uh black people syphilis <laughs> Oh, shit, they get syphilis? Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys, tune in for next week's Tuskegee <laughs> Cafe episode, and then after that, the MK Ultra Trials Cafe episode. What happens when we force-feed people LSD? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And Oops. the, uh, yeah, we will be g- documenting and covering the various y- atrocities that the U.S. government has perpetrated through history and have not claimed any <laughs> responsibility for. Their hands were tied. Their hands were tied. Ultimately, if I had to give this uh, bags, I'll give four bags. Out of five, so an eight out of ten. Yes. Okay. So what didn't what what's with the minus two? It's hard to say because um, there was there was I wanted this to have a bit more reach in terms of its coverage. Okay. Uh, I wanted a little bit more. I almost want to say whimsy in the editing because while it is done very well, it's it's almost it's almost restrained in the way that its humor is done, and perhaps because it's a grave subject. Mm-hmm. But I almost would have taken like some some really some I don't even know some really hilarious sampling in that sense. Okay, where there's just a f- really really funny juxtaposition, almost strange love esque. Yeah, and besides that, that's about it. It's a very well shot movie. I, there was one sort of nice juxtaposition where it's just showing all these people ducking in fear, and it's like it just keeps repeating duck, duck and, and cover. cover. Du- See, like that was that was something that was a highlight for me because that was sort of what I was expecting for a lot of the movie. Was juxtaposition a lot? A lot of that, yes, and a lot of just really straight face humor or like just almost surrealist aspects. Okay, I. So the other thing is to me, I think I think we rate movies kind of differently because if I watch a movie and I say I don't think there's anything that I can think is wrong with that movie, I won't give it a ten. Yeah, that's a th- like it was the same thing with Eraserhead last week. Is I just can't seem to give it ten, but I love the movie. You can love the thing is you can watch a movie and say hmm. uh, there's nothing that I can think was really wrong with that movie, and you don't have to give it a nine or a ten or even an eight. 
because to me it's it's not about i don't think of it analytically in that sense i just try to think of it as a a piece of art not to say that it's wrong to look at it analytically but that's whatever yeah that, but that's just how i've always kind of been uh but yeah i give this nine nine bags of popcorn out of ten i completely fucking forget what i said nine bags of lightly irradiated japanese <laughs> imported popcorn that the u.s government will say yeah it's cool for you to eat They'd, yeah, just like that uh, movie from China that we're not getting because uh, c- the coronavirus the might be <laughs> in the uh, file. I don't know. What <laughs> I don't know what the actual reason is. Like maybe they can't do. Pr- maybe nobody. I don't know what the situation is. China is with like a lockdown. Maybe they can't yeah. do press for it. I don't know. That is strange. Though I'll have to look into that. But yeah, the rescue is not being played in theaters because even though it's a completed film, because apparently. Something to do with coronavirus, but I completely forget what movie I said we're gonna be doing next week. Uh, so we can just pick one off the cuff right now if you want. All right, hit me with that list, bro. Of ideas? Yeah. Well, we could switch it up tonally. We could do like a comedy, like we could do the Big Lebowski. Uh, we could do another horror one, like we could do Dawn of the Dead, Kay. if you wanted. Uh. I want to do Who Killed the Captain Alex, but I want to get I I want to get that on DVD. Tiger Mafia. I need to support that man. Uh, when we do that, uh, I don't know because that'll be next week, and then the week after that will be the week of Valentine's Day. So we're doing a love movie. We're doing The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, the classic film. So I don't know. Up up to you on what you want to do for for next week. Let's do the new, uh, yeah, let's do, uh, yeah. Ooh, Fight Club. That's an excellent film. Oh, boy. <laughs> we, can do, <laughs> we can do Office Space. Could do that. Uh, would you count? We could uh, pair this movie nicely with Godzilla. Not doing a Blade Runner episode. I'm vetoing that right away. You don't like Blade Runner? It's fine, but I just don't give a shit about that movie. Okay. Um, I'm vetoing. I'm anti-vetoing Showgirls, which means we have to do it. <laughs> I'm also anti-vetoing Monty Python because we will have we'll be doing it whether or not you want to. Okay. Um, we could do uh, They Live, Akira. You know what? When 420 is rolls around, I'm gonna do Reefer Madness. Actually, no. What we sh- we could do that or the Big Lebowski. You know for what? That. That's perfect. Monday, our show, four twenty in on the year twenty twenty is the is Monday, which is when our show is on. Do you want to do the Big Lebowski then? We could do that. Or re- I w- I've I've been meaning to see Reefer Madness because that. Well, one you know what? I guess Reefer Madness would work better. We could do that. That one is called because of how terrible it is, and also it's just another, it's just another excuse for us to shit on. Uh, uh, American culture in the 20th century. We went to this arcade. It's kind of like uh, it's just like the classic kitty arcade where you can play games like you slap spiders and whatnot for ja- tickets. Jackpot. Went to jackpots. And there's one machine there and they had the classic Reagan thing before you can play the game where it's like winners don't use drugs. Winners don't use drugs. I love that. That's classic. Yeah, that was classic. Just say no, guys, as Nancy said. R.I.P. <laughs> Just say no. Don't do drugs. Don't smoke reefer. You know what? You can have one beer, maybe. So fucking outdated. 
just don't do them because drugs have never everybody who does drugs there's no good consequences like the shit back then where they were just so anti-drug it wasn't even coming from a place of rationalism well this okay to be fair in this time people were like fucked on drugs this was like when people were like this is where like cocaine was an epidemic yes uh, cocaine definitely just say no but like you you want to smoke a little weed and laugh at fucking tropic thunder and eat <laughs> mcdonald's like who, f- who fucking cares look weed. like they thought you're gonna smoke weed and you're gonna be like i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna kill people that's literally what reefer madness is about yeah is, is smoke weed and then they they just absolutely go they go insane Tommy and Jerry went out for a little toke at Thanksgiving dinner. This this Thanksgiving, remember the cranberry sauce. Forget the marijuana, <laughs> okay? Forget it. And after they had a little toke to relax, uh, Tom strangled Jerry to death in ma- in a high craze. Hidden, you know, when you try when you smoke weed, you can you can you, you might rape, you might hallucinate, you might kill yourself. You might hit somebody with your car and then run away. This is all in the uh, seminal 1936 film, Leifer Madness, also known as Dope Addict <laughs> and do- Doped Youth. Oh, my God. Sounds like, uh, sounds like one of my friend's older brother's band, <laughs> Doped Youth. Anyways, next week, what do you want to do? Do we have to decide right now? Yeah, decide right now. Three, two, one, decide. Uh, let's do... Uh, what? You're deciding or I am? Okay, okay, okay. Let's do... What was the one I was going to do before? Let's do Office Space. I've been meaning to watch it. All right, Office Space next week. We'll be doing Office Space. We're going to be talking extensively about... Wage slaving. Wage slaving. Uh, We talk about it so much probably because it's really near and dear to us near and dear to you i don't know about me well you know and you know what this is will be the first movie that's also kind of a meme movie i guess yeah so stay tuned we might ha- we might have to do a spin-off show called meme of personality <laughs> and you know what call in tell us if you want us to do the b movie no no don't call in or no we're not doing B-both. it both oh. i'm not doing it i don't care i don't care <laughs> i don't care Hearing Jerry Seinfeld be a B is just embarrassing. Yeah, I really hate Jerry Seinfeld, but uh, the B movie, and I don't like B movie, but uh, it's so, it's so. Have you seen that clip of Jerry Seinfeld dressed in a giant B costume on a zip line? No, that sounds hilarious though. <laughs> let me t- let me take a look at this. Like, B-movie zipline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like 95% sure when the B-movie came out, he was supposed to come to Winnipeg. Or I think he was going to come to... Uh, <laughs> Holy Jesus shit, Christ. turn that down. <laughs> and it was so funny, was this movie to spawn from just a passing joke? This mo- this the the reason the B movie is interesting to me is because like who the f- like Jerry was tripping when he and made he didn't this. know anything about animation and then like this is I watched this as a kid before I even got just the 
whatever the the ironic conceit of whatever is here and i watched that as a kid i was like this movie's fucking weird yeah i was like the bees are everybody like all the plants are dying and then the bees sue and then there's like a black there's like a black joke in the movie and like what wait what's a black joke oh with the mosquito no he's like he seems like he always seemed like a racist caricature to me I don't know about the mosquito here. I'll play the clip, Cause, actually. Because he was like, no mosquito lady wants a mosquito. They want... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's some other racially insensitive stuff in the uh, B-movie, too. They want Spider-Man or so, Like, I don't know. Like, they want Millipede Man. They don't, they don't want no mosquito. Here, here we go. Members of the jury, look at what has happened to bees who have never been oh, yes. or non. Yeah, yeah. Is this what nature intended for us? To be forcibly addicted to these smoke machines in man-made wooden slat work camps, living out our lives as honey slaves to the white man. Like that's they just straight up put a racial joke. How is the movie rated G? Well, it's not explicit. It's very explicit. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's goofy. Well, you know what? We'll this movie's G, but uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee is rated teen. You know what? You can't compare the ESRBs on some other shit. So, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. All right. So that was uh, Tama Cafe. <coughs> I'm giving it nine bags of popcorn out of ten. Matt gave it eight bags out Give of popcorn. Four out of five. Uh, eight bags of popcorn Give out four of. To five. Watch it. Eight bags. Four out of five. Just quiet. Uh, so we'll see you next week with Office Space. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. Don't uh, see Rise of Skywalker if it's still in theaters. I don't know if it is, but just fuck that movie. Oh, it's still in theaters.